Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fundamentals Podcast. I am your host, Harley. Joining me on this episode to discuss news radio, it's host of the Truly Happily Madison podcast, Jack Gregson. Jack was kind enough to come onto the show and share with me a bit of an underrated gem, really, of a sitcom, and that is, of course, news radio. Now, if you're listening to this and you're like me, you might be thinking, what is news radio? I can't say I've heard of it. Well, I was quite excited to learn all about it, and Jack was very kind to talk me through all the cast, the setup, some of the better jokes and, and characters, and I was pleasantly surprised with what I learned about this sitcom. And I have to say, since doing this edit, I've gone on, obviously looked up some clips to put in for you guys, watched a fair few episodes, and have really come to appreciate this show. It's one of those that has a very strong cast. It has a lot of great gags, both in sort of quick-witted commentary and little lots of uh, physical comedy. And of course, we get into all of that in our discussion and so much more. So without further ado, let's just get straight into the episode. This is News Radio with Jack Gregson. Hello, Jack, and welcome to the Fundamentals podcast. Thank you for having me, Holly. It's exciting to be here. Oh, I'm excited to have you on because you've picked one that is quite obscure, I think. And I think this is going to be a real education, not only for me, but hopefully for the people listening at home. And that is the sitcom News Radio. So I want to know, first of all, when did you see this and why have you decided to bring it to us today? So I probably first saw news radio when i was about 18 um so that would have been about nine or ten years after it'd gone off the air and uh i think the the thing that got me into this uh this little obscure sitcom was so i'm a massive comedy nerd um okay really uh love a lot of varieties of comedy um be it good and bad um to hear more of the bad please listen to my podcast truly happily madison (laughs) um yeah but um it was uh, when i was sort of a younger guy um researching like comedians i like like uh like ben stiller or um the cast the cast and writers of the simpsons stuff like that things that were influencing me in comedy at a young age i noticed uh that you would see shows that i had never heard of pop up on their imdb feed so be it um you'd see uh stuff like freaks and geeks and undeclared often pop up in these sort of imdb filmographies and right. you'd see um, Arrested Development was one that popped up on a lot of IMDb filmographies. And I started watching these shows and I was like, oh, these these are perfect for me. And News Radio was in there as well. You had people like yeah. David Cross was appearing on this show. And, and, also, and I was like, oh, I, 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 I could never find a way to watch it as a, as a kid until yeah. I was about 18. And the first two seasons popped up on the iTunes store when iTunes had sort of started launching that they were selling TV shows as well as music. Mm. Yeah. So I immediately, they were $4.99 each, and I immediately bought the first two seasons because I was like, I, I need to watch news radio. I need to f- find out what this is. <laughs> right. And I think from the first episode, I was just hooked. It's It's this very... It's an interesting form of sitcom. It's a sitcom. It's a form of sitcom that I think is mostly deceased. Um, right. In that, it's very low concept. It is just people working at a radio station, and yet it embraces slapstick and witty dialogue and. Forms of, it, it reminds me sort of like an old 1930s screwball comedy at times in the way yeah. it handles its comedy and and genre it's 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 to me it, it's very dear to my heart it's not one that i think many people know about though if mm. you tell, tell talk them through again like the cast and crew of this show you suddenly i think you'll be perking people's interest 
So mm. I wanted to come on today to talk about what is... I wouldn't say it's my absolute favourite sitcom of all time, but it's one that is very dear to my heart and one that I'd love to shout about more. Absolutely. Well, thank you. That's that's a really insightful kind of introduction, and that's essentially what this show is all about. I mean, I've had all kinds of topics here prior to this sitcom series that I'm doing. Um, you know, anything from kind of pinball to Godzilla, you know, it's, <laughs> there's nothing too niche in, in that for me, but... Yeah, you're right. That was something that stood out to me when you and I were talking on Twitter and you threw this out there. I went and looked it up, looked up some of the clips and trailers and the cast. And yeah, it's absolutely spot on. I couldn't believe that this was something that slipped under the radar because it's sort of, it's for anyone who doesn't know it, it started in 90, I've got it here, it's from 95 to 99. So it's kind of peak, I would say, sitcom era for like the States, you know, like we've already done Seinfeld and Friends, you know, those were out and about. And this was part of the NBC must-see TV lineup, along with right. Friends and Seinfeld. Yeah, that's what I learned. And I, I was like, right, okay. So, But it's interesting that this doesn't get talked about as much, but you've got casts like David Foley, you know, Stephen Root, Andy Dick, Maura Tierney, uh, Vicky Lewis, Joe Rogan, you may have heard of him in podcasting. Um, Phil Hartman, who we'll get to, I'm sure, as we talk more about the characters, but for anyone who doesn't know him, you'll know him or you may remember him as Troy McClure from The Simpsons and uh, Lionel Hutz, two of the greatest uh, recurring Simpsons characters, I think, in the early days. So it's like, when I saw that, I thought, that's insane. Like, this is a crazy cast in sort of, like you said, the peak of NBC, you know, nighttime sitcoms, or primetime sitcom, I should say. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, man. This is one that's definitely piqued my interest, and along with Seinfeld, which... Uh, for people who've already listened, no, I haven't seen yet, but I'm going to get round to it. This is on my list of shows that, like, I need to go back and watch this now because this looks brilliant. So, um, definitely yeah, we'll, recommend we'll... Seinfeld as well. Yeah, truly uh, a wonderful show. We had a wonderful chat um, about that, so I'd love to know. Uh, yeah, where, where what's the sort of concept then and premise for anyone who perhaps like myself is unfamiliar with the show? So the show all takes place at a uh, New York uh, news radio station. That's the mm -hmm. title. Um, <laughs> the radio station WNYX. And uh, in, your, in the pilot episode, we're introduced to uh, Dave Nelson, who's played by Dave Foley, um, who is this sort of very young, up-and-coming uh, uh radio as a man working in the radio industry has just been uh transferred there from a small job a small station in wisconsin uh he arrives and meets the station owner uh, jimmy james who's played by stephen root who's this eccentric billionaire character which already is uh -huh. a fun character to have in your roster is the eccentric billionaire um yeah. le less fun perhaps after who was just president but um uh, these were simpler times these yeah. were simpler times. there is actually uh, a whole episode where jimmy james decides he's going to run for president and um, uh, someone says he'll never win and then phil hartman turns around yeah. saying he's got a billion dollars of course he's going to win <laughs> um, and it's a horrible foreshadowing though so, um jimmy james is a far nicer person than donald trump ever was right. um <laughs> Apologies to all your Republican listeners. Um, <laughs> uh, so um, Dave is introduced to this. Dave is a very sort of straight laced um, kind of. Not, he's he's your straight man character for this show, though. Is still very funny within the show. He's introduced mm. to this sort of madcap uh, news team. You've got uh, the host of the new show, Bill McNeil, played by Phil Hartman, who is this mm. sort of very loud and arrogant type who is a force of nature to himself and um mm. uh he's he's just awful to everybody in the office but you kind of love him for it um i, I could see him playing that kind of character mm. very well he always played kind of like smarmy guys he's very good at that completely he was he's yeah. he's a real treasure and i mean the the uh sorry if i'm jumping around a little bit no, here but uh the, i mean the show is uh, sadly covered in a cloud of um, of mourning because mm. uh, Phil Hartman uh, was sadly shot by his wife uh, during uh, in, during yeah. the summer between season four and season five, and sadly mm. passed away. And uh, just before we jumped on, I rewatched the uh, 
first se- first episode of season five where it's just post his funeral and it's 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 very funny but it's yeah. also very sad to watch because you can see the tears in the uh, actor's eyes while they're doing this mm. and apparently they had to stop filming several times because everybody just oh. burst into tears um, i could see that because I, I i learned about his life mm. on a show that keeps getting a shout out on here and I'm, I'm putting it into the universe i might get these guys on one day but do go on a aussie podcast do all sorts of reports and hit on history and they did one on phil hartman i was fascinated to learn about his life and yeah i didn't realize what had happened to him and i know the simpsons um writers and directors said the same thing of like that they never got anyone to redo troy mcclaw or lionel hutz you'll, you'll notice in a, a certain point in the series like his character just disappears and they never bring them back because they were like, no, we can't touch it. The guy was too good, and it's it would be offensive to his his legacy and, like you say, his tragic passing to try and revoice the character or, or something like that. So I'm not surprised they gave him a, a proper send off. I think that's really nice to know straight away. Yeah, no, and he yeah he's so fantastic in the show, and it was a real shame. Mm. I he was a uh, uh, posthumously nominated at the Emmys for best supporting actor. Um, during, oh, really? during that season sadly he did not win mm. but uh david hyde pierce who did win gave him mm. a very nice shout out um when oh, he went to pick up his statue <laughs> sorry i'm getting sad just talking about it i know, um, I know. that's that's okay yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah so he were also introduced to other characters such as um uh, matthew who's played by andy dick who is this mm-hmm. insanely talented um not talented in uh, the characters and talented but andy dick is very talented as playing this Mm. wonderfully slapstick character i mean Mm. one of the highlights and it sounds so stupid to say it but one of the highlights of the show is just watching each episode and wondering how matthew is going to fall over this week (laughs) 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 he does it so well and they they do very very nice ways of building it up to you think oh it's gonna be this and it's not that it's very Mm. they they start realizing that they have a running joke and they play with it very nicely uh, you also get um, uh, Beth, who is uh, the secretary, played by Vicky Lewis, who is mm. this sort of um, 90s flirtatious character, but also sort of like a 90s uh, hip girl. She's she's the, described as the cool one of the office. Um, right, okay. Uh, and she's a very fun character. Joe Gorelli, who is played by Joe Rogan, uh, mm-hmm. who is this unsurprisingly conspiracy theory toting um uh, handyman um uh who yeah he's uh he's he loves uh he's, he's very macho and loves conspiracy theories and you can't i'm, you, I'm guessing I'm, they didn't have a lot of writing for him in his character they, he probably just turned up and they were like yeah just whatever say whatever you want it feels like and i i do think that i mean what's interesting about this cast is that you yeah. look at where everybody has come from so you've got Dave Foley mm-hmm. from uh, Kids in the Hall. You've got mm-hmm. Phil Hartman from Saturday Night Live. You've got Andy Dick, fresh off of the um, the Ben Stiller show. You've mm-hmm. got um, uh, Vicky Lewis is coming in from Broadway. Joe Rogan's coming in from uh, stand up, and uh, and uh, Stephen Root has sort of had a little film career at this time. And I think this show is incredibly well cast in that they've been able to pick these people and highlight their comedic styles and make it all work for them in a certain way it's uh and mm. it's it's true with joe, joe rogan it, it actually breaks my heart to that joe rogan is who he is now because um <laughs> because he is really good in um in news radio and we we on yeah. our truly happily madison we recently covered um zookeeper where he pops up as the sort of villain of the film or the romantic rival and we were just like oh what is this? Okay. <laughs> well, he's, he's not very good in it, but uh, you know, more power mm. to him, I suppose. Um, mm. uh, we also, I, I should say, we also have um, Catherine Duke uh, is introduced, mm. who is the other, the co-anchor of um, the radio station with uh, Bill. Uh, mm. She's played by Candy Alexander, um, and uh, unfortunately, she um, she does come across as as the token black character within the show. Um, right. Okay. Uh, she, she doesn't have so much of a comedic identity. She's very high strung, very, um, very, uh, she's often hit upon by, uh, Joe Rogan's character and the recurring joke is that she just slaps him around the face. Right. Um, uh, 
and she leaves at the end of season four and you kind of can understand why um mm. uh however there are there are great segments with her there is a wonderful episode where every, uh the heating is broken within the studio and everyone mm. is sort of having uh fantasies and she right. she's uh sitting in the uh in the break room and mm. in comes another black guy he's like oh do you mind if i join you for lunch and she's like of course robert come and join me and he's like oh mm. and then all these other minority characters start coming into the break room and joining her and sitting down and someone goes isn't it nice to have a have a bit of color in the in the workplace and everyone's like yeah yeah and then she realizes that this is just her fantasy and instead oh. a white man walks <laughs> in he's like hey can i join you and she's like oh of course and then suddenly all these white people come in and she just looks <laughs> sort of crestfallen oh. um uh and then uh, finally we have lisa miller who is the uh, he's played by Maura Tyranny, who is mm. sort of, she's a, she's a reporter and sort of wants to be the news director, which Dave is. However, she has a romantic relationship with Dave. It's one of the nice things about this show, and one of the things I think we can talk about more, is that they were very, mm. they were not into doing the usual sitcom of the time. Mm -hmm. So instead of having a will they won't they like a Ross and Rachel on Friends, yeah, uh, Dave and Lisa sleep together in the second episode and uh, right. sort of okay. on again off again throughout the whole thing. And it's never you're never watching the show for the romance, um, sure. But uh, Maura Tierney and uh, D uh, uh, Dave Foley have fantastic chemistry and are wonderful mm. playing off each other in a sort of His Girl Friday style. Um, okay and so okay. that is essentially the show it is the wacky mm. exploits of a crazy news team <laughs> um uh, be it that their crazy owner is going to run for the president or that um uh one day there is a man threatening to jump off the the ledge of the building that they're in or be wow. it one day that uh, one of that Matthew's character becomes so obsessed with the comic strip Dilbert that yes. um, uh, he decides to quit his job when no one will listen to him about Dilbert, and uh, they have to go and get him back. I mean, it's a strange wow. show. Uh, it's a it's a surreal show at times. Yeah. I think it paves mm. the way for stuff like community um to come along later where it's a mm. sitcom that kind of plays with sitcom tropes um okay it's uh it they did a they do two fantasy episodes uh yeah. one is uh what if the news radio cast was on the titanic <laughs> <laughs> and one what if instead of a news station they were a space yeah. station <laughs> brilliant <laughs> why not uh, you know I like, say, why not yeah it's yeah. great fun it's really yeah. like when they, they've shown that they're not that interested in staying in a sort of reality so mm. why why not play around a little bit and uh, i mean the titanic episode uh has a sort of poignance because at the end um uh everyone passes away on the titanic apart from andy dick and uh phil hartman and uh that's right. phil hartman's final episode oh wow wow that is yeah that's very poignant but mm. i just I, I kind of love that stuff you know so we've, uh, community is one that is coming up actually on this um okay and, I, and I'm, that's what i'm currently re-watching and yeah it's crazy as a show but <laughs> but it works and you and it's lots of other shows that have done things like that like you say where they play with tropes a bit and they have fantasy sequences uh scrubs is another episode that i've mm. done and that has obviously a lot of dream sequences and fantasies in it and it kind of plays with the surreal so it's interesting to see that a show like this sort of mid 90s has come along and and is already experimenting it sounds like with that kind of stuff at a time when the kind of bread and butter of your sitcoms, if you will, was very much just, you know, family or group of people getting up to little hijinks, which is great. And then some of those shows we've already talked about. But yeah, it just sounds interesting that this, it seems like this is somewhere in the middle where like they've, they're already like, okay, this is already a bit of a tired thing now. There's already, you know, a bunch of other shows. Like if, like you said, if you're sat down on 
whatever night it is that these shows are on, you're watching Friends, you're watching Seinfeld, you're watching Fresh Prince, you know, Everyone Loves Raymond, all these stuff. You get to news radio, it's like, I can imagine they're thinking, what can we do to keep the audience watching and not just kind of go, oh, this is another one of those, I'm done this for this evening. Well, I think that's it's interesting as well that the show was constantly on the brink of cancellation. <laughs> Every season it was on the brink of cancellation. Um, mm. But I think there must be people at NBC who was like, who just like, there's something about this show. There's something that is drawing us back. And it's right. it's it's funny as well. Like they 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 were very forward in how they wanted to be different. There was um, NBC ran a, a special night uh, for Thursday one week where it was called um, Four Funerals and a Wedding. Okay. Um, so they wanted. Uh, they had a lineup of five different shows, and they wanted four of them, four episodes to be about funerals, and one episode to be about a wedding. And mm. um, I think Friends did uh, the episode where Monica and Ross's grandma dies, and they go to the funeral of that. Um, and they asked uh, News Radio to do a uh, a funeral episode. Now, like, well, we don't we don't want to do this. <laughs> um, mm. So they did an episode in which. Um, someone catches a rat that has been loose in the uh in the news station uh um a rat that um apparently many of the many members of the news crew have become uh affectionate towards um apart from dave because he's new and they decide to have a rat funeral That's a good compromise, I suppose. Apparently NBC were not very happy about it. Um, they're like, we're trying to do something here, and you've got us, you've given us rat funeral. Um, oh, but... I, I really hope they found out on the night as well. That just would have been so sweet. Hey, what are you guys doing? Taking 30 seconds away from work to deal with our grief. You can dock our pay if you see fit. No. Bill, I, I'd actually like to join you if that's... All right with everyone. Whatever. All right, does anyone have anything they would like to say before we do this? Dave, nothing? Uh, I, well, I guess we're all here to say goodbye to Mike the Rat, who, uh, who, who we'll all miss, I, I, I imagine. And, uh, yeah. and, and I didn't have much time to think of anything. Come on. Um, so I, Bill, could you say a few words? Kind of putting me on the Just spot. Just a few words, Bill. Okay, Mike was a rat. <laughs> this cannot be denied. But the flame of life, which burns inside all of us, glows no less brightly when it is the flicker of one tiny candle. None can deny that his departure has left this world just a tiny bit darker. Yes. <laughs> and a tiny bit colder. That's all I have. Amen. Amen. They were also apparently the cast were um, uh, banned from the SAG Awards after one appearance because of their bad behaviour. <laughs> they, oh. um, they took off their shoes. They stole wine from other tables, and unfortunately, um, this this one's not so uh, juvenile and, and fun. This is uh, Andy Dick asked for Helen mm. Hunt, Helen Hunt's autograph on his penis. Oh. Um, wow, you're trying to keep it clean. No, that's fine. Um, that's <laughs> That's something. I, you know, I, I was wondering actually because I have heard that Andy Dick has that kind of reputation for being quite uh, vulgar and, mm. and unpredictable. So, yeah, I, I was wondering if there was any exploits or anything behind the scenes with him. I, I assume there probably was. <laughs> you know, it's funny enough. I, you, you never mm. hear it because I. So I've got the complete set now on DVD, which has uh, really nice commentaries with it. And, oh, um, cool. Okay. Everyone is very complimentary about the cast and i don't you don't mm. really hear anything much about um them complaining about andy mm -hmm. but um i think it might i think it might be that thing of when you're working together on a show like this you do become a, a bit of a family mm. um and you sort of get used to andy and you figure out like what his ticks are right. uh, and i think this is probably best shown in the season after Phil Hartman passes away, mm. John Lovitz joins the cast as uh, as sort of a replacement character called Max Lewis. And mm. season five is not the best season of news radio, and the, mm. you you do feel the the spirit of Bill Hartman, Phil Hartman is is missing from the show. 
Jerry Seinfeld mm. guests on one episode and calls uh, Bill McNeil Phil because uh, he's just um, <laughs> so into that uh, character. Um, yeah. uh, but uh, uh, Andy Dick um, apparently was very rude to John Lovitz during their during his time on the show because ah. of um, he's an outsider, I guess, and once uh, mm. and he just didn't like that. But everyone else said that Lovitz was uh, fantastic, stepping into a tough role. Yeah, no, I, I can imagine actually. To be fair, it's not an easy, not you know, not an easy pair of shoes to fill, is it? Mm. And, and John Lovitz, for anyone who knows, he's he's just one of those actors that he's in everything, um, comedically speaking. And I don't like good. it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I think of uh, the wedding singer. Mm. He's losing his mind. <laughs> And I'm reaping the benefits. <laughs> he's, I mean, that, that's, yeah, that's he's, always in my head. <laughs> he's a regular on The Simpsons as well. He um, is, yeah. Playing yeah. all sorts of different characters, though. I um, always love mm. him as uh, Jay Sherman, as the film critic. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it stinks, yeah. It's, we could do this all day, but yeah, he's absolutely <laughs> one of those guys. So fair play to him for trying and... Um, yeah, I mean, talking about the Andy Dick character, like the slapstick side of it, it's something I wanted to talk a little bit about and it perked my ears up when you talked about it just a minute ago, and that was something I noticed actually again in the clips and the trailers was there's a lot of crazy slapstick and stunts going on, and it's something that we've talked about in quite a few of these episodes already, and I know it will come up in other topics and other shows that we're going to talk about, is the use of physical comedy mm. in sitcoms, you know, and it's, I feel like it's, it's something that you see in all of them, I don't know if every show necessarily gets it right, if that makes any sense. Like, it, it's, I think it's weirdly harder to do a pratfall and make it funny than most people would think. A hundred percent. It's, uh, I think it takes a great deal of skill to be a physical comedian. Mm. Um, uh, because watching someone fall in general isn't a funny thing unless you're deep into Schadenfreude like myself. Um, <laughs> there is a yeah. there's a certain art to clowning there is mm, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, as silly as it might sound to say mm. and I mean there is something wonderful about just Andy Dick's shape he's quite tall and really skinny and he has that nasally voice and mm. everything about him lends itself to this this character this sort of dweebish um accidental prone character there's a wonderful episode where mm. um james khan guest stars as himself oh, wow. okay. um as uh, he's playing himself as an actor who uh has come to the station to study uh phil hartman's character because he's playing a uh a New, a radio news anchor in a film blah 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 right. um, and okay. uh, Phil, Bill is completely like um, let me tell you about my childhood and my trauma and he's like <laughs> don't care about any of that just want to know yeah. the nuts and bolts of what you do in this job <laughs> and, mm. um, and uh, <laughs> but then he starts uh, he, he starts noticing Andy Dick around the office and he's right. like, he's like this is the strangest man I've ever seen. I'm fascinated <laughs> by his process. I'm fascinated. Yeah, you, yeah. Like, you cut to him, and it's just Andy with floss in his teeth, with mm. the um, with the plastic casing still attached to the floss, and he can't get the plastic casing off. He starts cutting it with scissors and getting tangled in it. And again, <laughs> it would just look stupid, I think, for so many people doing it, but for yeah. somehow. Andy Dick is able to elevate it to a sort of high art. Mm. <laughs> That's good. I like that. <laughs> it's it's really good. And yeah, the whole rest of the episode is James Caan trying to get time with Andy Dick, much to <laughs> Phil Hartman's annoyance. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. That sounds like a great use of a, of a guest star as well, to be fair. They did yeah. something funny for him to do. They did that quite well. Like, the, the, the guest stars they had... I mean, they have people who uh, we would consider guest stars now, but back then it was probably mm. just jobbing comedians like Bob Odenkirk and Norm MacDonald yeah. and stuff like that popping up as uh, Jimmy James's lawyers. Um, mm. uh, and 
David Cross popping up as one of Dave's um, old uh, <laughs> barbershop quartet buddies. Right. <laughs> Again, in one episode, they, they they all come in and they're like, we made a deal. Um, uh, if one of us doesn't have a job uh, by a certain point, uh, we're going to go back on the road <laughs> as, as a barbershop quartet. <laughs> <laughs> Dave is just like I don't want to do this. <laughs> um, this sounds incredible. <laughs> it's really fun, um, but yeah, the the uh, the guest stars, the sort of name, the name guest stars of the time were people like James Khan and Jerry Seinfeld, who were playing themselves, um, mm. uh, and uh, just sort of heightened versions of themselves. Uh, I can't. I think the only one like I can think is who would have been like a proper guest star at the time he was playing character was um BB Newworth from Cheers and Frasier was uh, comes in as playing um sort of a rival oh. to the Beth character which is wow. is very fun because BB Newworth is fantastic at everything she does. <laughs> yeah, she absolutely is. Wow, that's really really cool and I like the sound of that. And do you know what, it's funny I'm just having a quick skim through some of the writers as well cuz mm. just of what you're describing, it just sounds like a mashup of all these different shows. And just looking at a couple of the top writers and some of the other uh, stuff they've been on, like Frasier, How I Met Your Mother, The Simpsons is in here, uh, Tonight Show, I'm seeing all sorts of other stuff. Um, yeah, just crazy, crazy. And it, it kind of makes sense, actually, looking at these guys and you're thinking, right, so this is clearly the style um, of comedy that they were going for at the time. So it's... It sounds like a real hidden gem the no, more we talk about it, actually. If, if you look at Paul Sims, who created the show, he started mm. off working on the, the Larry Sanders show, which is another one of my all-time favourite sitcoms. Mm. Um, and uh, then moves on to producing Flight of the Concords, Girls, yeah, yeah. Bored to <laughs> Death, Atlanta, What We Do in the Shadows... Mm. You know, he's he's doing pretty all right for himself in the world of comedy now. He is. I think yeah. he's actually quite big on what we do in the shadows. Um, because right. He's he's the yeah. name I always notice popping up in the credits when I'm watching it. Right. I'm just like, oh yeah, Paul Sims from News Radio, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he even wrote it's... an episode of Boardwalk Empire. Mm. Wild. Yeah, that is. But it's 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 really interesting to see the different flavors of comedy that are going into this mm. and. Um, coming back to something you said a minute ago, and I'd love to know a bit more, is, like you said, the, the whole relationship. Because I've we've noticed in doing this discussion about each show that there's always a kind of central romance in uh, in a sitcom that will usually kind of drive the plot forward in some form or another. Um, and then there's, there's a couple of ancillary couples that will kind of be around the, the edges a bit. Um, and like you said, the will-they-won't-they they thing was was, and still is to a degree... Um, played upon a lot in shows but i'm interested to know that this show doesn't do that then so it just kind of cuts to the chase and it's like these guys like each other they're going to be around each other it might not be the most stable relationship throughout but you know you, you know where they stand so there's no kind of mystery there yeah it's um i mean it becomes a, a running joke in the show that they right. they get to back to get together and uh, break up, and they're always worried about what other people in the office will think. And everybody in the office is just so bored by it. Like, um, <laughs> like, are oh, you back together? We don't care. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. it happens all the time. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, it was very much n not part of the show's DNA to have that mm. sort of. I think a lot of sitcoms of the nineties got into a heartwarming nature um yeah. and uh i think seinfeld kind of proved that you didn't have to do that and mm. i think they very much take that approach it's you do love these characters but they're ne you're never like you never want them to follow their hopes and dreams. You just kind of want to see them bumming around this news station. You don't, there's right. no, it's, it's, there's no real growth for them. Um, yeah. And you, yeah. And, and you're not yearning for it. You're just happy to spend the time with them. Mm. Um, it's why I don't think like that. I mean, you could do a news radio reunion, be very sad because again, you'd just be thinking about Phil Hartman the whole time. Uh, yeah. But you could do it in the sense that, these characters are probably still there and uh, still yeah. doing the same uh, 
usual routines and mm. i think part of the genius of the show is finding ways to make that stuff funny over and over again hmm yeah you're right it, it's it's something that again i've come up with on a few other shows that we've talked about and that you're absolutely spot on i i think yeah that that's kind of the two camps you get when it comes to sitcoms you either get ones that will tell an overarching story and, and characters naturally progress as they go through different life stages mm. and then you get the ones where it's kind of like you said like seinfeld for instance i learned um and always sunny is another example that comes to my mind of of shows where it's like it's just the status quo or maybe a little bit less in some cases <laughs> like the characters don't really grow or learn a lot but that's okay like you said you're not really watching it because you want to see character growth or a big story you're just kind of looking for these weird hijinks that they get themselves in, involved with hmm. um and, and i think either is fine personally i just it depends on on the show the setup the characters um and like you said from what you've described here i, I can see why they would just stick with that you know it's, it's in the one setting it's there's, it sounds like there's a lot of stories and stuff they can mine for comedy so they don't perhaps don't need to worry too much about giving a big character growth to all of these people it's like no let's just put them in wacky situations and just enjoy the fun of that exactly and i think that's why mm. your sort of like space episode and titanic episode come in in your season yeah. three and four because they're like oh well you know we don't have anything for them normally this week <laughs> but what if they were in space yeah. <laughs> um WNYX News Time, 1247, Mark 59. Tragedy struck today in Sector 9 as rebel terrorists blew up the Death Star, killing thousands. The Rebel Alliance, a fringe group of anti Empire fanatics, has claimed responsibility for the terrorist act. Fortunately, Lord Vader escaped without harm. Our hearts go out to the families of the victims. The more I think about it, I think this show also probably paves the way a little bit for 30 Rock in that there okay. is a similar sort of sense of that is a show a a workplace sitcom based mm. around a crew putting together a show each week the crew is very wacky and yet yeah. the difference is you actually do follow the um lives and growth of people on 30 rock um that's true yeah, um, yeah. so mm. it's almost like uh this was like a nice jumping off point for that I could see that working. That's a show I, I hope to cover, actually, on this series. I mean, I've, I've still got a few episodes left to fill. Um, but that's definitely that's one of my personal favourites. So you're good. absolutely right. I, I, yeah, I, I could see this being mm. almost like a sort, of, a sort of prequel to it, in a way. I mean, like, you look at Andy Dick in this, and you look at Jack McBrayer in 30 Rock, and it is, it's yeah. not too far off. That's true. Yeah, that's very true. I could see that already. I wonder who the Joe Rogan character is in 30 Rock, but let's not get into that. Frank. <laughs> Frank. <laughs> probably Frank, yeah. <laughs> Though if Joe Rogan's watching yeah. it, he probably thinks it's uh, Jack Donaghy. Um... Oh, he'd love that, wouldn't he? Yeah. No, um... Jack, Jack is obviously Jimmy James, that's very clear. Yes, that's very clear. Um, oh, what, a sh what a show 30 Rock is. But no, we're um... talking about news radio, which is a show that's I love. Tangents are fine, tangents are fine, yeah. <laughs> um, I will say, like many shows from the 90s mm -hmm. there are things in it that i watch today and i'm not so keen on okay. uh there is a liberal use of uh a word beginning with s to describe people who don't function properly um, oh okay uh, which uh Come, it's it's a regularly used word in the show and it's really upsetting when you look right. at it now Okay. Um, mm. but for the most part, I do think it plays it fairly, uh, liberal and fairly smartly. I, I like I said, mm -hmm. that, uh, scene where Catherine pictures her dream is having lunch with a multi-ethnic crew is right. i think is actually pretty forward thinking for the time um, yeah it sounds it actually it's calling yeah. itself out and um yeah. and, and you know it's it, it's not mm. great that this show only has one black character who then quits in the fourth season yeah but um yeah. you know 
it's got one and it draws attention to the fact that she is the only one she references that she is the the struggle she has as a black woman on the show and um Mm. you know i don't think any other nbc shows i can think of did the same thing like friends doesn't Mm. do it seinfeld doesn't do it Mm. i think you're right there it's it's interesting because again both of those shows have been covered and it is something we talked about actually both my guests Mm. um daisy and petros respectively said similar things of like you do have to kind of watch these shows almost through that lens of the 90s of kind of american primetime telly and unfortunately yeah like you said representation across any show or most shows really in in that era still today suffer from that oh yeah even today let's be honest um but yeah it was definitely more of an issue there but i like that they kind of hang a lantern on it a little bit Mm. it, it makes me wonder about a lot of these shows about you know not to have a go at nbc but as a network you could presume from that then perhaps some of the people involved in the network or people because these kind of shows it'll be a lot of the same people behind the scenes you know crossing over perhaps you know they weren't really thinking about it um when they were setting these shows up so that might be part of the reason why unfortunately a lot of these shows as you say are kind of bare bones when it comes to to representation well it could be part of it if you are interested in this era of television, like I greatly am, I highly mm. recommend the book um, Top of the Rock by okay. um, uh, Warren Littlefield, who was the uh, president of NBC at the time. Um, right. He, it's essentially a sort of oral history of his time as president during the rise of must-see television. And okay. it's a really interesting look at into studio politics back at that time i don't think it delves mm. deep enough into sort of some of the issues that we'd like it to but it talks about stuff like the rise of will and grace and the more mm. acceptable uh portrayals of homosexuality on television um okay. and the difficulties they had with all of that and the creation of friends i believe news radio is referenced and stuff like mm. third rock from the sun it's a really mm. interesting read. Um, I okay. strongly recommend it. Yeah. Okay. No, thank you for that recommendation. I'll, um, I'll see if I can find it and see if I can chuck a link in the show notes because I'm, I'm sure someone listening you might also be interested because, yeah, I do wonder how much that plays into what's become a recurring theme by this point. You know, you can almost see the pattern. <laughs> I mean, thankfully, I can say is for the most part for a lot of shows now, it, you know, some of the more modern stuff we talk about, thankfully, they've seemed to at least give it some consideration um which is great but yeah still interesting um interesting I, i'm glad i'm glad that, again they do at least address it in some yeah. form as whereas that's better than nothing you know if you had to choose i mean to a degree yes yes there's <laughs> i mean it, at the end of the day it's mm. it was a tough time i mean there's obviously as well like in the 90s gay panic humor was obviously a big thing and mm. um yeah. And that exists within the show as well, unfortunately. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it, is, it is always interesting to me, again, just looking back on shows and, like you said, some, some jokes and punchlines, some words even from what you were describing a moment ago mm. that we think, ooh, wouldn't do that now. You know, and I, that's kind of the way I look at it. I try not to look at it as like, this is offensive and get it off my... It's like, it's happened, it's done. Yes. It's been written, it's been recorded. And I was saying this when I was talking to Daisy, actually, about Friends, is that, um, and, and again, Petros with Seinfeld is that I, I, I personally believe that I don't I don't see the, the good in getting overly offended by a joke that even if it is offensive, even if, like you said, they're using terminology, which is offensive and is, you know, they shouldn't have used. Mm. I don't know. Is it, is it going to do you much good getting angry about it when, like you said, it could have been that that's that was just. It was, the era it doesn't make it right. No, no, but no. It's, you know, it's it just, was a word know. they that was common practice back then. Yeah, um, I remember that. And, I remember uh, that. Even when I was growing up, people used to throw it around all the time. Exactly, um, like it was nothing. And like you said, now you, th- you you think twice and you go, actually, that's that's going to upset somebody. Um, so, and you you learn from it. You do. It's yeah. uh, you know, it it's a it is that casualty of watching anything from the past. And exactly. It's, you know, things we watch now will be looked at in a similar way many years from now. I've recently been re-watching Modern Family, 
Okay. And I, I'm actually <laughs> a little bit shocked at some of the stuff that happens on that show. Oh, really? I, okay. Yeah, I, um, I was... Mm. I, I have a problem with that. I like the show. I think it's very fun. Mm. I have a problem with uh, the Mitch and Cam characters and that I think they're gay in name. I don't, well, they are gay characters, but I just, I feel like they've just put them together as gay characters without actually having a romance between the two of them. Oh, and okay. um, oh, and then the Gloria character, I'm just like, oh, there's a lot of racial stereotypes going on here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah, it's true. I guess that's that thing, isn't it, with comedy again, it's, you know, it it what is perhaps to someone a fun play on a on a trope or something others might consider um, offensive. A hundred percent, and it will change, and people's views mm. will change over time. Mm. And like that's a show that's only about ten, eleven years old, and right. I'm watching it now, and I already have issues with it. And the mm. same thing will happen with. I don't know what's a show that's on at the moment that people like. I don't watch enough TV of the modern era. Um, um, you know, people will be watching Be Positive on CBS now, and they'll be like, right. oh, you can't show dialysis machines like that on today's television. Mm. Um, like, it, things will change. Yeah. And you, you, you can't... We can't ignore that these things happened because it's part of our history. Yeah. but we can use it to build a better future. Yeah, and, and it sounds like, again, you can still enjoy the shows, broadly speaking. You can still mm. look for all of the gems that are there, all of the stuff that is good, that is funny. And, yeah, if there's one or two bits, you could be saying, well, I'm not so keen on that. You know, it's probably going to be fleeting, um, uh, you know, best-case scenario. <laughs> so... I don't know. I mean, again, like for me personally, the way you've described the show as a whole, I think it's definitely one I would go and check out and, yeah, just just look for the the good in it. Yeah, and there's a lot of there. There's mm. um, at least in that those first four seasons. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is fine because again, something else that's a recurring point on the show is um, is yeah, some some comedies sadly do kind of peter off. Yeah. Um, and as you said really the, the passing of one of the core members is in this case completely unavoidable um but that's usually something that puts a bit of a nail in the coffin for a lot of sitcoms is when you've got this chemistry with all the main cast and then as soon as one of them goes for any reason that's usually when the wheels start to come off a bit because i don't know i don't know about you i feel like it doesn't matter how good your writing is and how sort of solid the premise is it's the chemistry of the cast and the characters that really holds a sitcom together that makes it 100%. work. So as soon as you lose that rhythm, unfortunately, that's usually when things start to come apart. Look at something like um, Arrested Development, where you have mm. three seasons of perfect television, and you come back for the fourth season, all those characters are split up on different ends of the show. Yeah. They've all got their own individual plot lines, and it just doesn't feel like the same show anymore, mm. because... It's, um, and you know, yeah, every, I, I think it's impossible for a sitcom to have a sort of perfect run. I can't think of any that do. True. Um, I think everything kind of drops off. Like, and for me, like, two of the best are like Arrested Development, which drops off in its fourth and fifth season, mm. and The Simpsons, which drops off about <laughs> 20 seasons late, you know, like 20 seasons later of, show, yeah. of a show that I can't. Mm. I'm, I'm trying to make my way through it all on Disney Plus. Um, oh, fair play. I, it's, it's, it's interesting to see how quickly I was devouring it early on mm. and then um, slowing down. I was with you there, mate. I, myself and my wife started that, and um, she works from home as an artist, so she can watch mm. more telly than me. And, yeah, I find myself losing the desire to go back and, and catch up. I was kind of like, where are you now? Oh, season 15. Yeah, I'll watch this episode with dinner, and, you know, and it's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, this is this is okay, but you're right, that kind of early stuff, particularly kind of 2 to 10, I'd say, arguably, is, like, where a lot of the really good stuff is... Yeah, is, and it just kind of some of the best it. comedy on television. Yeah, but that, that again, that happens, and there's other shows yeah. I know that will come up on here. There's some we've already talked about that, unfortunately, that happens. Um, so yeah, maybe in this case, it's probably for the best that it, it ran its course with the, with the five seasons. 
And I'm saying that I'm I'm just looking at the episode guide now. And I'm saying like season five isn't so good, but there's an episode mm. called um, Flowers for Matthew, okay. which um, uh, does the sort of <laughs> flowers for Algernon story in which Joe makes a drink that makes Matthew smart, but it, it can't last forever. And the thing that just makes me very, it just amuses me constantly in that episode is mm. instead of referring to him as Matthew, they start calling him Smathew, as in smart <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> And it's so dumb, but so funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and, you know, like, it, it it is one of those crazy plots that news radio works so well. Um, Sounds brilliant, man. And that, make, that leads me on to another question for you. Um, yeah, do you sort of have a favourite season, I guess? Um, I guess, I think... Probably season two is around when it's at its its best. Right. It's where they've written, like, they've, the first season is only seven episodes long, but I think they quickly found a groove. Good. And then uh, season two is playing on all those uh, characters really nicely. Mm. Um, I, that's the episode, that's the season with Rat Funeral, which I do think is a great episode. Uh, there's an episode <laughs> with... Um, uh, Bill's autobiography, where he's um, he's been offered a chance to write his autobiography, and then realizes that like he hasn't done anything in his life worth writing down. Oh wow! <laughs> and he has this sort, of, this sort of mental collapse over it, and everyone's trying to encourage him, and you just he keeps telling these awful oh. stories from his life. <laughs> um, uh, it's yeah it's very fun there's a there's a great episode i can't remember what season it is but um mm. uh it's a christmas episode and mr james has got gifts for everyone in the office and they're all terrible so he decides to um make it better by going out and getting everyone better gifts mm. and uh he gets everyone cars apart from matthew right. who he gives tapes of this old radio comedy show called <laughs> Fibber McGee and Molly which I always thought was a creation for the show yeah. until I was in uh, Hollywood and walking down the, the sort of the star walk the you know all the star Hollywood stars on yeah. the floor and I came across the Fibber McGee and Molly star <laughs> and I was like oh my god it's a real show wow. <laughs> um, it's just this really weird old radio reference in there that's amazing um, and um, everybody's really upset because yeah. Matthew's not got the a, a good present and um, he doesn't seem upset and he thinks it's just because he keeps these tapes and everyone's going to have to give their cars back and, oh, wow. and he realises that it it all it all turns out all right in the end. It is a sitcom, yeah. but uh, like it is just like this really. There's a lot of fun to be had with Matthew and his sort of simple nature and mm. trusting nature. And there's I mean there's great interplay throughout the series between Matthew and Bill because Bill clearly has just lowest amount of respect for Matthew possible hmm. and Matthew thinks that Bill and him are the best of friends <laughs> <laughs> and it just leads to you know heartbreakingly funny comedy uh, yeah that sounds great I mean I think you need that as well you need a couple of characters that have good interplay and it's that kind of thing where you can put different characters with each other in different pairings I always find again we've talked about some other shows like that's i think a smart writing team knows how to do that well like you pair off these different personalities yeah and usually get some pretty good stuff out of it i think that's a wonderful thing to say about the cast as well as mm. uh, like any pairing of them leads to different dynamics yeah. and uh, it yeah. always works out for the best really mm. that sounds wonderful man i mean yeah, like the more you've talked about this, this has given me flashbacks to the Seinfeld chat I did not that long ago uh, at the time mm. of recording. And it's like, yeah, my my pile of comedies that I need to watch is just going to be very, very long. And it, or even rewatch, you know, in some of these cases. A hundred percent. I mean, I, yeah, as I just said, I was just rewatching Modern Family and mm. and I, I rewatched uh, Seinfeld not too long ago. And just uh i like i can always sit down with a lot of these styles of shows they're very easy to watch but very fun at the same time not to take mm. away from them to say that they're easy to watch but i'm much more yeah. likely to sit down and watch a parks and rec than i am mm. uh, uh the wire 
oh, as yeah. much as I love The Wire. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's, it's, it's the mindset, isn't it? You know, yeah. this is something we've talked about a lot, is, is a lot of these comedies are 20-minute episodes, nice and breezy, um, you know. Whereas you kind perhaps, of, sorry, go on. You, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. You can, yeah. You, you're in safe hands. It's comforting. Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant. Um, yeah, fantastic. Well, so, if, if if I can say one negative about the show, okay, yeah, and it ahead. is a it's a negative acknowledged by uh, the creators as well. Okay, um, the theme song is dreadful. <laughs> is that right? It's <laughs> 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 on one of the commentaries. Uh, I think Paul Sims says like this is truly one of the worst theme songs ever committed to film <laughs> and, um, it is just a sort of series of notes just that's gonna make my life harder because i usually use um theme songs to sort of open the show with. you'll love it you'll love it and you know what like everybody will listen to this and then they'll get uh, to this point and they're like i get it yeah <laughs> uh, is it is it at least mercifully short oh yeah it's like 30 seconds long. Brilliant. Okay, that's fine. I can work with that. No problem. <laughs> I think I found somewhere, I think one of the writers like wrote um, fake lyrics for it. <laughs> it was oh. just like, one day in town, a spaceship landed. Out of the <laughs> ship comes Dave Nelson. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> just this very strange, surreal lyrics to this bad theme song. It's great. Oh, I, 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 if you do enjoy the show and pick up mm. the DVD sets, I highly recommend the commentaries. They're good fun. Uh, the it. cast and crew come back for them and it's mm. there's real nice insight you can tell that there was a lot of love put into this show yeah on that note actually where can we find it because again i did a, a quick skim i didn't see it on any streaming services as um as of yet so i think the only streaming service it was actually that's something we didn't talk about at all is um mm -hmm. in the uk i mean this was never on uh, uh terrestrial television in the uk no um mm. uh, it only played on the Sony television channel, um, right. which I'm not even sure exists anymore, but I remember I had mm. a job interview there once and I went oh. in and they were asking me, Oh, what do you think of our channel? I was like, you know what? I love news radio. And they're like, Oh yeah, nobody watched that. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Oh, wait. Um, uh, I'll wait to hear back from you then. Yeah. <laughs> I did not get that job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> probably for the um, best it's all good yes <laughs> as i say i don't think the channel exists anymore um but um uh as far as i know mm -hmm. um in the uk the first two seasons are available on itunes okay uh to purchase and they're usually pretty cheap mm -hmm. um however you can purchase uh the region one dvd sets which is what i did uh, which actually is region free. It turns out when I when I got it over here, playing oh. it on, um, and that usually retails at about thirty pounds plus delivery. Hmm. Um, so that's all ninety seven episodes. Um, that's pretty getting, reasonable, I think. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's, I mean, it's, if you're looking for a show you haven't seen before and something a mm. little different, um, it also has a uh, little to go along with its theme song has some of the worst DVD packaging imaginable. So, um, <laughs> you know, be prepared for that. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Um, I just want to know, is, is there anything else you sort of want to talk about with the show or anything that kind of is, I don't know, leaps out to your mind? I mean, nothing too much. I mean, I, I was actually, I did think a little bit um, when we were talking about the romance uh, angle. In season five, they do introduce a romantic rival for Dave, for Lisa's affection. Mm -hmm. uh, Johnny Johnson, played by Patrick Warburton. Oh, um, okay. Which is not, the, again, not the strongest sort of plot line. And I think it shows that they were probably at that point now that they'd lost Phil Hartman and probably some of their cultural cachet, they were probably trying to reach out to maybe a bit of more of a mainstream audience. Mm. But, sorry, I suddenly noticed that my I thought my thing wasn't recording, but it is. It's okay. No um, um, but, like, other than that, I think 
what I just like to say is that it is this sort of terrific ensemble sitcom filled with fantastic comedians and a great writing team. Mm. And it, like, if you can search it out, I really recommend it. Um, I, I actually think, I believe that for a while, a few episodes were up on YouTube. I'm not sure if they still are. Oh, um, okay. Uh, if you, if you want to be sneaky, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, I think it's a treat and it's a, you know, it's yeah. a great slice of that nineties sitcom world. Brilliant. Well, yeah, thank you so much, Jack, for, for bringing it to me and, um, and so obviously the listeners it's, yeah, I, I'm really intrigued by this, and I think that the more I look into it, it's definitely one I'm going to try and hunt down um, in some form or another. But oh, I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, I'll let you know. But um, I'd, I'd love to know, really, I guess, to take us home, where can the good people find you? Oh, uh, you know, I'm wandering the streets. No, no, no. <laughs> that Hilarity. Yeah. Hilarity. No, 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 not at all. Um, I am on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and letterboxed under the name at jfg in digital 3d okay um it's a terrible handle but it's mine <laughs> um it is my own version of the news radio theme song um <laughs> and you can uh listen to my strongly held opinions on adam sandler movies mm. over at the uh truly happily madison podcast that i host <laughs> with my friend Josh Pappenheim. Mm. Uh, we're going through every film produced by the Happy Madison Production Company from 1999 to current day, and uh, we, we're just uh, we're in the hellscape of uh, Jack and Jill, Bucky Larson, Born to Be a Star, and uh, Grown Ups at the moment. So you know, it's a real oh. fun discussion. Oh, my heart goes out to you. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's all it's, right. It, no, it's you know fair play. It, again, I think it's it's a fun thing. We were talking about this obviously um, prior to this, uh, prior to us recording. That is, and I think it's a it's a good idea for a show because there's so much variety in there. And uh, just as we're talking now, I'm just going to make sure I am subscribed. Uh, it's just so because I because I love to recommend things to people and listening to this. I'm being genuine. There we go. Followed. And I'll yeah, be downloading. Yeah. Oh, you've got Jack and Jill. I'll be downloading that and listen to it later. Fair play to you. Um, yeah, I know it's actually. A fun, it's a fun episode. Well, previous guests, Claire and Daisy, did it for their show, W Rated, because it is on IMDb's bottom mm. 100. And I can understand why. So fair play to you for doing I'll that. tell you what. I'll tell you what. Mm. Not the worst film we've covered. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say. There's there actually plenty worse films than that. I know. But, um, but and yeah, there's always stuff. something to talk about. Oh, yeah. There's some great stuff in there. Mm. We have a, I think, a two and a half hour episode on Funny People that might be yeah. longer than Funny People actually is. And that's a long movie. Mm. Um, but uh, I love that movie. And uh, okay. have a, and I go on about it ad nauseum on that episode. So. Good. Well, I have plenty of recommendations. I'll be putting all of those links uh, in the show notes for people to go and find you. So thanks thank for you. thanks for coming on, Jack. And thank you for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Oh, it's my pleasure. And there we have it. Thank you so much to Jack for coming on to the show and sharing with me News Radio. I had an absolute blast doing this show and learned so much. And if you guys listening really enjoyed the podcast and you want to know more about News Radio, go and check out the show. You can find box sets out there online. I think it's well worth getting into. And as well, if you want to hear more from Jack, definitely go and check out his podcast, The Truly Happy Madison Podcast. It's a great show. I've put links in all the show notes for you to go and find it. A huge thank you, as always, to Alex Jenkins, who designs the artwork for the show. If you want to know more about his work or commission him for your own logo and designs, go and check out his details in the show notes. I've put them in there for you as well. If you are enjoying the podcast, then make sure you reach out to me and let me know. You can do so via three main ways. It's Twitter, Instagram, and email. All of the details are in the show notes for you. And of course, you're always welcome to leave me a lovely five-star review. If you do, that would not only make my day, but would of course earn you a shout-out. So if you do that, definitely reach out to me and let me know, because I just want to share my gratitude for and speaking of gratitude, well, as I said in the last episode, we were coming up to a year of fundamentals at the time of this going out. We're now past that. And I just, again, want to say a huge thank you to every single one of you who's been listening, who's subscribed, who's told a friend, 
it all means so much. And I hope that we can continue to do this show. We can continue to learn as much as possible about the world of pop culture. And of course, that still means I'm open to guests and ideas. So if you are listening and you fancy coming onto the show for any number of topics, then hit me up in the details below. I would love to hear from you. That's it from me. I'll be back again next week with another sitcom as we continue our sitcom summer series. And I'll leave a little clip at the end here as a clue for you as to what is coming up next. So, until next time, stay tuned and stay safe. appreciate you doing this oh, sure and three two one troy and abbott in the morning and we're back look who's here jeff winger jeff how do you stay so fit uh diet exercise genetics oh. <laughs> oh. sure sure okay so it seems as though we have a clip you want to set it up for us uh i'd like to but i don't know what you're talking about okay we'll just roll it Ooh, my name's jeff winger Ooh. Hey, I'm Jeff Winger. I'm so tall. Ah, uh, this watch is expensive. Muscles are everywhere. Oh, that was really funny. Guys, what's going on? Where are the cameras? Oh, we're not filming this. No, who'd want to watch this? Oh, guys, it's 6 a.m. Jeez. We're not going to have him back. Troy and Abed in no! the... No!